Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. Hello, dear listeners. I'm so happy that you're joining me once again today. I don't know if it's morning, afternoon, or evening where you are, but have a blessed day in the name of the Lord today. Know that God is near to you, that he loves you, and that he has a miracle for you. Well, I have a question for you. Have you ever seen or experienced a miracle in your life? Have you ever seen God at work, maybe in your personal life or in your surrounding? Well, I'm sure if you're a child of God, you must say, yes, brother John, I surely have, because God is the God of miracles, and miracles is a part of our life. And of course, that great miracle, as I said, if you are a child of God, then you have experienced and seen the greatest miracle of all. And that is that God cleansed you of all your sins and that he made you his own. He transformed you in one instant from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, in the kingdom of his beloved son. What a miracle. It is the miracle of miracles. And I have seen that miracle so many times. Whenever I was on the mission field, whenever I did the altar call and people came forward to give their heart to Jesus, oh, I saw the transformations. I saw that transformation in their eyes when the Lord came into their life and he cleansed them and he made them whole. Oh, the joy and the peace that flooded their souls. It was awesome to see it. And it is awesome to see it, my dear friend. I hope you will share the gospel with someone near to you and that you will also see that transformation in their life. Well, I also saw so many miracles of healing, deliverance, and also God supplying in so many needs. He has done tremendous, wonderful things. Well, another question to you today. What is the first miracle that Jesus ever performed? I have seen many studies, and I have seen studies, the 40 miracles or the 35 miracles that Jesus did in his life. But if we really want to go to the first miracle, we have to go all the way to creation because it says in Genesis 1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God said, let us make men in our image according to our likeness. Well, that's verse 1 and verse 26 put together. But it shows that God created, and he doesn't say I or let me. He said, let us in our. That makes a great difference. And John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. And then later on, it says that that word became flesh, and we know the word that John is talking about is nobody else but Jesus Christ. So if you want to go to the first miracle, well, the first miracle that we know of or that is recorded in Scripture is the creation of all things. But another great miracle was the miracle of his birth. Of course, I want to go to that miracle that we all consider his first miracle, the changing or the turning of the water into wine. But 
can we read about his marvelous birth, God himself, the creator, entering his creation without considering that to be a great marvel and great miracle? It says that Paul talked about the mystery of godliness, and he was trying to comprehend the unthinkable that the creator somehow entered his creation. This is a miracle, my dear friends. He came and became flesh. And, well, I'm just amazed by the wonder, the marvel of it. He was born in a stable. Can you believe that? That Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one who was there and was a a co-miracle worker with the Father together in the beginning of our time, making the heavens and the earth and everything that is on the earth and even man itself, and that he became flesh, born as a little babe from the Virgin Mary, and then comes into this world, born not in a royal palace, not in a baby bed of gold and marble, etc., etc., but in a stable surrounded by those animals and the shepherds that came there and they glorified God. Yes, they glorified God because the angels had told them, oh, I bring you marvelous news. This is the best news that you have ever heard. Oh, that today unto you that son is born, that the prophet Isaiah spoke about. Oh, yes, he, the Savior, the Messiah, he has come. Oh, hallelujah, what a miracle of miracles again. So, yeah, what is the first miracle of Jesus Christ? And we can so quickly go to that miracle of the water becoming wine, but Well, so many more miracles have been done before that time. I like it what Job 5 verse 9 says, He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. Yes, God and Jesus the Son, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, together they have done miracles that cannot be counted. Oh, we have the Gospels. And the Gospels try to show us and try to give us an understanding that he is without limits. But now, so easily, we can limit him to the miracles of the Gospels. And we can say, well, he has done 40 miracles or so many miracles. But my dear friends, he has done so much more. Isn't it written in the book of John that he says, well, I have written down these things that Jesus has done, but he has done so much more. And if we would try to write down everything that he has done, well, the world itself could not contain all the books about his miracles. We serve a miracle-working God. Well, I hope you are shouting in your car or in your house or wherever you are, you're shouting a great hallelujah. Praise the Lord that we have a miracle-working God. It says in Luke 4, verse 18, 19, well, these are familiar scriptures here. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. 
Oh, of course, I know you love that portion of Scripture. I love that portion of Scripture. It defines the ministry of Jesus Christ. And that ministry can only happen and be performed through miracles in our lives. It is a miracle to be set free. It is a miracle to receive sight and to see that you are a sinner and to see the marvelous work of Jesus Christ on the cross where he cried out, it is finished, it is accomplished. Oh, where we know, where we get an understanding, not just in our mind, but an understanding in our spirit, man, in our heart that Jesus paid the price for our sins and that we are not under that punishment anymore if we have accepted him as our perfect sacrifice, as our perfect Savior, as our perfect Lord. Oh, hallelujah for that miracle that we have received in Jesus Christ. And it is a miracle. Well, again, it is the miracle of miracles if you have received that forgiveness and now you are accepted by the Father as his own. You are a son. You are a daughter of the Most High God. Your name is written in the book of life. You are not destined for damnation and hell any longer, but now you are on your way to heaven, hold to that glorious place where you will be with him forever and ever. You have been transformed from darkness into light. You have been brought from death into life. Oh, hallelujah. So much is there in that one miracle. Oh, yes, it is a miracle which has many miracles inside of it, and it's all through Jesus Christ. And then there is the miracle to be set free of demonic powers, healing in your mind, healing in your body. Oh, hallelujah for all the miracles that are there in Jesus Christ that have been performed, and it's already done. Hallelujah. Well, let's go to that miracle that is known as the first miracle of Jesus Christ. But again, he has done many miracles before that miracle, and he has done many more miracles than the miracles that we can read. And he has never stopped doing miracles, hallelujah, and he wants to do a miracle for you right now, hallelujah. Well, in John, the second chapter, it says, on the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. And Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. That's about 80 to 120 liters. And Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside, and he said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, 
and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of his signs through which he revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there for a few days. Oh, what a wonderful story this is. Well, I'm sure you have read it before, and I'm sure you have heard some preaching on it before. But I just want to encourage you with this story once again because it has something to say to you today. Jesus turned this water into wine. And of course, the great story, the great testimony that I read from it today for you is he wants to change your water into wine. He wants to make what is bitter sweet. He wants to do something in your life, something wonderful. He is the miracle worker, but he also asks us to come into cooperation with him. We need to place ourselves in a position for a miracle that a miracle can happen. Miracles require more than just openness. Sometimes we have to stop what we are doing and we have to press in. That's one of the things. Oh, you know, it says here that they involved Jesus. Jesus said, why do you involve me? Jesus' mother involved Jesus. I hope you are involving Jesus in your life, in your situation. Maybe there is something lacking in your life. There is a shortage of something in your life. There is a need in your life. What are you doing about it? Well, so many times we are doing everything that we can to find a solution. We are running here. We are running there. We are trying this. We are trying that. We are going to this doctor, to that hospital, to that specialist. We are trying this medicine, that medicine. We are trying this ritual. We are trying that ceremony. We are doing everything that we can or that we know how or that people tell us to do. But we need to come to a point sometimes that we stop doing everything that we can or that we know what to do and that we involve Jesus. Involve Jesus in your need, in your situation. Mary involved Jesus into that situation. And Jesus came and he gave a commandment. And so many times, oh, my dear friend, I have seen that we make faith so difficult and we make it something of the mind. And it is a battle of the mind. But faith is not a battle of the mind. It is a surrender of the mind. It is a surrender to the faith that the Father has imparted into your heart, into your spirit, man. And it asks obedience. Well, this is something that makes it so plain and so simple. I know some people, they make it so difficult because they're always fighting with their mind and they're trying to muster up the faith with their mind. They're trying to believe. Oh, I believe in him. Oh, I believe for a miracle. I believe, I believe, but it's not what I believe. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? It's not I believe, I believe, I believe. 
but it is his faith that has been imparted in my heart. I have been able through his grace to surrender to that and to acknowledge him and to rest in that surrender into that acknowledgement, into that acceptance that he is with me and he makes all things well. It is a work of God. Oh, when true faith enters the heart, I tell you, peace comes. Then it's no longer a working for I, I to believe. I, oh, he must, he must, I must, I must. But it is a release. It is like suddenly in that battle and in that struggle of faith, faith comes from God as a beam of light, and it just brings peace and rest. And then he gives a commandment, and he says, bring those jars. Well, I can do that. He says, fill those jars. Well, I can do that. Fill them to the brim. Well, I can do that. Take out of that jar and give it to the master of ceremony. I can do that. Well, do you hear that? Whatever he asks me to do, I can do that. You can do that. Yes, hallelujah. But what needs to be done, the water to be transformed into wine, which is a miracle, I cannot do that. But he doesn't ask me to do that. That's something he reserves to himself. He is the miracle worker, and he does that miracle. Hallelujah. He changed it without even touching the water, without even stirring the water with his own hand or breathing upon it. Oh, he changed that water into wine, and he will do it in your life. Or sometimes, yes, he gives us a commandment that we think we cannot do, but we can do it because the commander told us to do it. So do it. He told the blind man on whose eyes he put mud. He said, go and wash yourself. He could do that. And Jesus had opened his eyes and performed that miracle. He told that man with the withered hand, stretch out your hand. Well, he could do it. He could not do it in his own strength, but he could do it because the master commanded him. Whatever he tells you to do, Mary said, you do it. And today, the same to you, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Do it because the commander told you to do it. And you will see the things that he asks us to do are easy to do because he does the impossible. Well, there's much more in this story, but I need to pray for you right now. Oh, my dear friend, he has done so many miracles and he has not finished to do miracles. He did not give out all the miracles that he has He has unlimited supply of miracles, and he wants it to flow to you right now. That's why you're hearing this broadcast. Father, I pray for my listener right now. Oh, they need something to turn around. They need something to change. They need something to be brought to life. Today, Lord, you, the miracle worker, work your miracle in their life. Do it in their body. Do it in their mind. Do it in their spirit, man. Do it in their circumstances. Do it in their married life. Do it with their children, in their surroundings, with their finances. Whatever needs to be done, Lord, you do that miracle. We are involving you, Lord. We cannot do it without you, Lord. We have tried. We have done our best, but we have come out short, Lord. But we know with you, 
Oh, you the great miracle worker. Nothing is impossible for you, and nothing is impossible for us that believe in you. And it's not our faith, but Lord, it is you who are doing it right now. Touch their life. Touch them from the top of their head to the sole of their feet. Transform them now, Lord. Bless them now, Lord. Heal them now, Lord. Forgive them now, Lord. Do that miracle that needs to be done in their life. It says in this story, you have done this miracle that your glory might be seen. Show them your glory that their faith may come, Lord, that they will believe in you even more now so, Lord, than before this because they have seen your glory. Show your glory and not only to them in whom you are doing the miracle, but through them, show it to their friends, their family, and their neighbors that you may be glorified. I thank you, Lord, for doing it today. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 